What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode. And before we start this episode, I want to encourage all our listeners to please subscribe and rate our channel. We definitely appreciate that. Also, feel free to give us feedback. Like I said, all three of those things, we definitely appreciate it. I just want to start the show off and letting you guys know. And um, here's another episode. I hope you all enjoy it. On the way to the top floor. I ain't selling out though, but I'm on the way. Got a lot of real, must the motivate. Hold all the moves, I'm a plenty play. On the way. On the way, on the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next, but I'm on the way. You ain't take risks, cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way, on the way. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your host, Xavier Miller, sitting with my co-host, Deanna Kent. Hey, everybody. And today we have a uh, we back at you with another another special guest. We're gonna get a, get into a ton of valuable information this episode. His name is the Coach Chris. He's an entrepreneur, author. He's also the host of uh, For the Coaches by the Coaches podcast. And I feel like this episode, you guys, gonna pretty much learn. Uh, you're gonna learn a lot of things. But I would say like the the main three things that we, I feel like we we're gonna get into this episode is like brand strategies to build your audience. Tips on how to make organic content and how to build meaningful relationships. I would say those are the three th- three key things that you guys will learn this episode. But with all that being said, what's up, uh, Chris? Welcome to the show. We glad you're here. Man, thanks for having me. I mm-hmm. love doing these interviews. You know, mm-hmm. and connecting with my people is mm-hmm. it's just different, man. I appreciate that we can connect with each other. You know, and build those relationships from something like Twitter. You know, and so most people use Twitter for, you know, jokes or whatever and mm-hmm. memes and all that, which isn't bad, but mm-hmm. I just like that there are a group of people, and I know you know what I'm talking about, yeah. it's not a specific yeah. label yet, but <laughs> people that use social media and Twitter specifically for a bigger purpose, and I just, I really love that, man, it's inspiring. So, exactly. Yeah, we said so, and that's something that we always talk about when we say like, man, it's cool to be on there if you're going to talk about whatever's going on. But at the end of the day, it's called social network and social media for a mm-hmm. reason. It's got a, it's got its purpose. And if you're not using it, which what it's built for, you're missing the opportunity. Yep. But <laughs> it's a free service. Take advantage Take of advantage it. Of you, it. you can connect with people from so many different walks of life. Why not? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. It, it's, it's, I don't think people really understand just how impactful it is. Like, especially the younger crowd that doesn't remember small things. Like, before we had GPS on our phone, we had to print out the map. Math. <laughs> like, now you can just sit, talk to your phone that tells you where to go. Mm. I remember sitting in a passenger seat getting cussed out because mom's missed a turn. Man. Like, <laughs> like, if you remember those days, you appreciate social media that much more. <laughs> that's that's crazy because we sound like old saying this, but that's real. I remember, I remember, <laughs> now I remember my dad, like when we would go on trips, he would like get on the computer, print out papers with the map, and be driving like, oh man, I skipped it. Like missing a turn was like the worst thing. It's like, oh damn, because we already don't really don't know. You know, those maps not that easy to read for real. And then Garmin came out with their GPS system. Then that kind of changed the game. And then Apple came out with their they the Google Maps and all that. Then it was, it was history. For me, look, she like she like, huh? For my <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But to to get into uh. The, the 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 good valuable talk. I wanted to but the to start off what we usually like starting off is asking our guests is like so what was the start on your journey with all you doing right now? What was the start to that? Oh man, 
entrepreneurship for me started when I was young, man. I remember being in like middle school and I just realized that people always needed something. So I wanted <laughs> to be the one to sell it to them. You know, like uh, when they start putting vending machines in schools, I realized this candy and stuff was overpriced. So I'm like, man, what if I started selling it on my own? So I got my duffel bag and I had two bags because I played basketball. So I had one bag with basketball stuff, other bags full of candy and snacks and all that. And <laughs> This is back when we had the paper food stamps. So I would take the paper food stamps to Smart and Final, you know, get my candy and all that stuff. And I only needed moms to front me one time. I got all of that and I would go and fill the bag up with candy. So I started hustling at school. And one time I actually got caught selling stuff. And they was all mad. And they're like, well, first of all, like, well, we're going to take your money or we're taking the candy. I'm like, you're not getting neither. So I couldn't spend it. <laughs> That's weird. That, Right, that, that that taught me two things. Number one is um, it's really almost dangerous to think for yourself and have your own mind. You know, uh, when you say I want to do something else that's different from the general public, then you get looked at as an outcast for that. And number two, it taught me that you know you don't really need support from anybody. The people that are going to support you are going to find you. You know, and I think it's even relevant today. On social media, some of the people I follow on Twitter support me more than people I've known my entire life. And I'm sure all of us as entrepreneurs know exactly how that goes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, entrepreneurship started, man, I was like 13, 14, and it's been a wild ride, man, after publishing a bunch of books and a bunch of podcasts, uh, speaking. It's just, it's really impacted my life at just a different level. Mm, man, that, that's, 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 so, that's so dope and like a uh, super valuable story especially being a, a a black man coming from like you say you're from Compton so that makes it even more and it's something that you touched on that I, that I often think about was you said like it's kind of dangerous being a, like thinking for yourself because like I think about that a lot like man how crazy is it that's like like if you're not walking that 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 going down that lane that everybody else is going down you go down the one on your own it's like kind of you like an outcast for real it's a weird thing you got to learn how to play Play those, you know what I mean? <laughs> you really have to learn how to, I would say, survive. In a sense. Yeah. Once you leave the matrix, you have to yeah. learn how to survive. And the good thing about Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is it allows us to really build communities of other people who think like us. Mm. So it makes it easier. Whereas if I don't know how to do something, that person knows how to do it and they can help me. And what they don't know how to do, I know how to do it. So then we work together. And that's really is. That's really what's helping our community thrive at this point is all of us actually working together, you know, and I don't like to make it all about race because I know that it's bigger than that. But mm-hmm. it's just certain, it's a different connection with black people. It's different. Mm-hmm. Like I work with obviously white entrepreneurs and other entrepreneurs, but it's just completely different when I can work with black people in different areas. It's, it's a massive impact on our culture, man. Yeah, that's 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 very true. Way. Yeah, we feel we feel the exact same way, man. And uh, something that I really want to get into with, with this discussion is how, I, like, I I watch a lot of things you say, and you often get into like branding and like pretty much growing an audience. I know you have uh, your own podcast as well, but so I, what I want to ask is, so what are for the people that's going to listen to this, and they like, man, this is this is very valuable information. So what do you think are the most important important things as far as growing that audience with that organic content i would say the first thing the very first thing you need to start with is what you're going to cover and this is hard for people this is the hardest part because 
niching down is something that people talk about, but they don't tell you how to do it. So the first step to niching down and getting specific is finding something you care about. If you care about it, then it'll be easy for you to talk about it. You know, and I try to put it like this. If you can't go a day without it, then you probably care a lot. Like for me, at one point in time, that was basketball. I couldn't imagine myself going a day without either playing or coaching or something. Like I just had to be in it. So at that point in time, my whole life was surrounded by basketball. I was coaching youth. I was still playing in college. Um, I was writing about it. I won awards doing that. Like I was ingrained in that lifestyle. So you have to find something you really care about that you want to cover. You know, if you want to build a brand on Twitter, you can't talk about real estate and then investing and then podcasting and then music because you're everywhere Ooh. like you just are in too many areas so i this is an analogy i like to use niching down thinking of it like you're building a house if i'm on my side of the street and i'm building one house it's just one house i'm focused on one area one niche one house and building one house you're across the street and you want to have a podcast about pop culture, fashion, and sports. You're basically building three houses at that point. How long is it going to take you to build those three houses while I build my one? Mm. And then how good is my one house going to be compared to your three? Right. So you can go into building another house, which is adding another niche, after you've got that one area really solid. So like, um, if you look at somebody like Alexander Cortez on Twitter, he's really good about fitness. Like That's his thing. And Lattimore is like mindset. Everybody has their own little area that they know you for. And it's impossible to build a brand if people don't know you for one thing. It's impossible because people can't refer you. If I can't refer you for one specific thing, then it's really hard for me to say, yeah, this is a good entrepreneur because you cover five different things. Five different like, things. It's hard to keep up with it. <laughs> mm, and that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And that's, that's a... Uh... That's a that's a gem right there for the people that's gonna listen. That's a that's a major gem that I know. So many people that try to do so many, they don't really know what they want to do yet, so they do everything. So it's, until they, they keep trying different things, yeah. just trying to see you know what fits, what hits, and what what what, what they really passionate about. So you saying that that's that's very very important. And something that I also seen you speak on before is uh, as far as personal brand is finding sponsors for your personal brand. So what I want to ask is. Okay, so someone might someone might ask like, why is finding a sponsor for your personal brand? Why is that important? And how do I go about initiating that process? Oh man, sponsors are people don't realize how powerful sponsorship is. Like when you want to go and do something, a sponsor will pay you to do that one thing, right? So if you're known in one area, like uh, uh, this, this let me think, let me think. One of my clients recently was telling me about a makeup artist who does makeup. She's really popular. You know, the makeup community is its own world. Mm-hmm. Millions of followers <laughs> and all that stuff, like, doing it big. So her and some other girl that she works with wanted to do, like, a tour. And instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to go and have my own events here in these small hole-in-the-wall rooms, they actually got a company to sponsor them. So what happened was they would go to these stores and have meetups there for their fans online. And the stores paid them because they were bringing customers to their store. That's how sponsorship can work. So even with uh, basketball, like for me, when I first started working with SeatGeek, it was mind-blowing. I did not realize that I could get paid to talk about basketball because I've been talking about basketball my entire life. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> so the day that I learned I can make a thousand dollars by just sitting here talking, like it was mind blowing, you know. Um, and really, the, the way you get started with sponsorship. So I'm going to give away some really good tips here. I, I love doing this. So first thing you need to do is be specific, like we just talked about, because the sponsor wants to know that you have the same audience that they do. So, for example, SeatGeek knows that I have an audience of people who buy tickets because I talk about basketball, which means sporting events. So, that means that they'll be willing to pay me for my audience. They want to pay to get it from my audience. So, the first thing is you have to know who your audience is. That's first. Next, you have to know what you want from the sponsor. You know, a lot of fitness people, they only want to get, like, free products or something like that. Where sometimes if you negotiate right, you can get products and money. That's really useful. Mm-hmm. So what I always tell my clients to do is make a list of your outrageous sponsors and then your basic sponsors. So outrageous would be Nike, Apple, Google, like mm-hmm. right. the massive companies in the world. A smaller business would be something like maybe one of your friends that owns a clothing line. You can wear their hoodies while you record video content and they pay you 20 bucks a video. That's a sponsor. That's a small way to start, but that's a sponsor. And it's actually better if you start with small businesses, you know, like uh, membership boxes and things like that, because that's going to prepare you for the big name sponsors. Mm. Before I worked with SeatGeek, I was doing all kind of affiliate readings and really practicing how to present a product properly on a podcast how to do a pre-roll mid-roll post-roll and that made it easier when i went to SeatGeek, and they can go and list some old shows like oh yeah this guy's a professional he's been doing this so that takes your negotiation price from i won't go too much into that because it could it, it could be a lot but yeah. it takes it from 50 bucks an episode to 250 an episode and if you're recording two episodes a week episodes a month so <laughs> that's gonna add up that's a little bit so, man, with sponsors, you got to really get specific on your audience. You got to know that. And then know what you want from the sponsor and who you would want to sponsor you. That's the best mm. place to start. Mm. And I, I, I love all that you said, man. That's valuable. And let's look. I want to look at it from uh, another another aspect of it because we looked at it from the point of getting the sponsorships. What about if you're a brand or you're a company or whatever you're doing, you got your own podcast, whatever you're doing, but you want people to sponsor your stuff. What would you say is the 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 keys to those things? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would say is consistency, man. Mm-hmm. That's first above all else, man. Um, what's funny is when I worked with SeatGeek, it went from me having my show sponsored to I got an entire network sponsored. So I reached the point where I, would get other, I got other people paid to do shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened is some of the hosts weren't consistent, you know, and when you get a contract from a sponsor saying you have to do these things, mm-hmm. you don't listen to that contract, there will be problems. Mm-hmm. And on sponsors, on podcasts specifically, sponsors actually go back and they listen to your show to make sure sometimes like it's no cursing or you did the reading properly, you presented the promo code and all that stuff. So consistency and professionalism are above all else. Because, like, um, I, those guys had a contract for a couple thousand dollars for just, like, three months' worth of content, and they ruined it by not producing the content on time. And I had to pay some of that money back because they paid us up front. So if you're not consistent, mm-hmm. there will be big problems. So as a content creator, if you want to get sponsored, be consistent first. That's above all else. And then 
you have to have professionalism in your presentation. So that means that if you have a, a podcast, your website has to be presented well. You need to have um, uh, obviously a good logo. The show notes need to be there. That's really important. Um, and really, even at like an event. You want it to be presented very professionally because if you don't have that, a sponsor looks at it as, well, this person doesn't care about their product. They don't present it well. Then they won't represent us well. So we don't want to be a part of that. Mm. So if you don't have those two. You don't even get to the conversation of negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> and man, that's that's man, that's that's real right there. And I feel like what's up? No, you go. Ahead. I got a question. Though. I go. Go ahead. So when you're starting out and you're trying to find sponsors, is it a certain threshold as far as um, listens or subscribers you need to have with your podcast, or is it situational depending on the sponsor? That's a good question, and it's, it's a multiple-part question. So first, yes, there are barriers to entry. Um, and basically, for whichever market you're in, you need at least – between 30 and 50 episodes because mm-hmm. again the sponsors want to know that you're consistent that you post constantly because there are over half a million shows on itunes mm-hmm. and a lot of those shows want sponsors but if you can't prove to them that hey we post content consistently then they're not going to take you serious next it's not really a specific amount of downloads for the market but what i will tell you is once you get above a thousand you're eligible to start working with some companies and what how the payment works is sometimes um, like for Squarespace, for example, when they started us off, it was a thousand of $15 for every 1000 So it really works that way. So then it'd be 30 bucks when you have 2000 downloads per episode mm-hmm. like that. Um, but here's a pro tip for you. When you do get sponsored, one thing you want to do is don't get sponsored for a small amount of episodes. Always go for at least a quarter of the year. At least three months, at least, because that way you can take up a company's entire marketing budget. And that makes it easier for them to process the payment. So instead of saying something like um, sponsors for four episodes, just say for three months. You get on all of our content for three months. And that's why it's good to have a schedule. Because you can say in three months we put out X amount of content. We have X amount of episodes. And our reach is this amount, so you get X amount of impressions. When you present that, that gives you a really, really foundation to start negotiations, Mm -hmm. you know. And again, most companies start off with about 15 or 20 bucks for every 1,000 downloads. And it depends on your industry. So um, certain industries are more dry than others. So like for basketball, it's crowded. There are a ton of basketball shows. So it's going to really garner less, whereas really good i will say really good because there are a lot of investing shows a lot of finance shows and all Mm -hmm. that but really good ones make i know a guy who makes like three thousand a month from four episodes like it's just ridiculous what you can generate when you have a good show Mm -hmm. so the industries matter the downloads do matter but once you get over a thousand you can start having conversations with people yeah and and one thing that you that you keep saying that that resonates with me and I feel like this will definitely resonate with a lot of people is consistency. Because I, I, what I want to say about that is if you, whatever you're going to do, as far especially in the branding world or podcast, whatever, if you're not consistent, you, you might, you wait, you really going to waste, you really wasting your time because consistency, right? Consistency is the key. You got to consistently put out content, consistently put out new episodes, whatever you're doing, just consist, just keep, keep Good doing content. it. Good content at that. Like, and I'm going to let you speak on that as far as, like, good content. I think the easiest way to create 
good content is to have a schedule for creating content. You know, mm-hmm. like for me, I host two podcasts and I'm launching a third. Yeah, I know I'm doing a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Three houses. <laughs> right? Three houses. Uh, and one thing I started doing, because when I first started recording my podcast, I lost a ton of content. I was interviewing people that were on ESPN and Fox, and it was great because I was set up to have a major show when I launched. But I didn't have a good system in place to keep track of that content when I would post, and I just didn't know. So I was just recording. And that was actually, I'm glad it happened because now it prepared me. So now, one of the things I do is I block out days on my schedule for podcasting. So, like on Wednesday, my entire schedule was full of interviews. I'll do like eight mm-hmm. interviews in a day, every Wednesday. Um, and now I have a Dropbox folder of just a ton of content. So, and the, the next thing I do is on Thursday, I'll write the show notes. So now on Thursday, I write the show notes for episodes, maybe about an hour, hour and a half. But again, you got to think of it like this, is when I do eight interviews in a day, eight show notes in a day, and then I schedule those episodes, I've created content now for two months. Two. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about my, my content at all. That was just about marketing it, mm-hmm. you know? So I think creating a schedule, really uh, systems of operation, man, are just, it's a life-changing thing in business. It's yep. life-changing. And I, and I was kind of smirking because I understand exactly what you mean. That's something that, that's a process and a system that we have in place. But we have everything set up where now I got enough content that's going to last for the next two months, probably. So, and I'm good. So now I got worried about this marketing, thinking about, okay, how I'm going to put this out, how I'm going to I'm I'm uh, market it on each platform. And that's really it. All I ain't got to worry about creating anymore because it's already created. So that's definitely a big, a big valuable key that you just said. And you like, you want to say something. No, are you done with the subject? <laughs> yeah, you, you go All ahead. Right, so I noticed on your page, you talk a lot, a lot about goal setting. And I feel like that's one of the best things you can do for yourself. Setting long-term goals, short-term goals, mid-term, like goals for everything. So what's your take, <laughs> on, what's your take on that in more depth? Goal setting, um, it's funny, I've been doing a lot of studying on goal setting and just the importance of it. And one of the things I've learned recently is setting the goal is to give you something to look forward to. But what's more important, and one of the things is just, this is one thing I did to literally triple my income. I'm not lying to you. Instead of paying attention to my goal, I pay attention to executing for the goal. So, for example, I, I'm launching a product on Friday for uh, my podcast launch and all that stuff, you know, just help people with their shows. So, with the podcast growth challenge that I'm doing every day this week, my focus isn't on, oh, I want to make $25,000 on Friday. That's right. not where my focus is. That's the goal, but the focus is on execution. Now, what this does is it, it, it allows you to be less attached to the outcome of the goal. Because, you know, when we set a goal and we don't accomplish it, you get kind of hurt and sad frustrated and all that. You get emotional. But when you're focused on execution, that's what you can't control. I can't control if five people buy or 50 people buy. All I can control is me doing my part every single day. So that means posting content, sending emails, engaging with people. Like, that's all I can control. So when I focus on executing the small things every day, it really amplifies my goals at the end. It's 
honestly one of the most life-changing things and really writing it down like um, I made this this is my greatness guideline I made this planner this is my second year and with this planner I write it every single day in the past two years I haven't missed writing down like I journal every single day whatever I experienced wherever I failed at um, gratitude that's big too mm-hmm. like writing and journaling every day actually helps you work towards those goals a lot easier because you can track your progress. Mm-hmm. And I think people just say, oh, I want this. I'm going to speak it into existence. You're not even scratching the surface, man. Like, that's <laughs> very, very basic. And that's real. That's real because if you, like, I like to say, if you don't write your goals down, you kind of like a chicken with his head cut off. You're just scrambling. You're going everywhere because your thoughts probably are everywhere. So you can't even, like, because I know how I am. If I don't write it down, I'll forget because I got so much stuff I got to do. So if I don't write it down, it's like, dang, I forgot. So I have to literally put it on paper and look at it and see, like, okay, I got to do this now. I got to do this now. It gives you, it gives you a guide. It's a, it's a, it's a literally a guideline. I don't want to say it's a cheat code, but it kind of feels like it's a cheat code, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, it literally <laughs> is a cheat code to planning your own life. Yeah. Like we have, we have the power within us to plan our own lives mm-hmm. and goal setting is part of that process. It's only the beginning, but it's part of the process. It mm-hmm. makes everything else easier. And I think the reality is a lot of people don't really know what they want. Yeah, they, they just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like they may, they say, I want a lot of money, but mm, what do you want? Right. Money for? What do you want money for? Like yeah. you have, when you can get detailed and specific on your goals, yep. that's easier. Like I can tell you the apartment I want to live in, where it is, how many rooms it is, the amenities. I can tell you all mm-hmm. of it. I can tell you the car I want to drive, all mm-hmm. of it in detail. And when you get to that level, it helps you focus a lot more. Mm-hmm. Now your energy throughout the day isn't on this recent celebrity argument or some social media fight. It's on your actual execution to reach your goals. Mm. And I, and uh, just to piggyback on what you're saying, I think you come to that point when you uh doing things and it's just not about money. I feel like so many people don't know what they want to do or what they want because everything is about money to them. And when you have a bigger purpose than just, just you know what I'm saying, getting a bunch of money, it's like you know exactly, you know exactly what you want to do and you know what you got to get there because you, when you, and then when you're doing things just for the money, it, you take a lot of shortcuts and you do a lot of things that you probably shouldn't done. It, it, it doesn't align with your values and what you stand for because you just wanted to check. So, but I feel like, we, <laughs> yeah. like I'm pretty sure you know people or see people that do things like you like, yo, you ain't, you ain't have to do that. Why would you do that? Just for, you know what I'm saying? Just for a little take money. The easy route. Yeah. And even if it's not necessarily hurting anybody else, you could be sacrificing your future. Like you focusing on making a short change now is only you sacrificing your future. Um, Like I'm I'm relaunching a membership platform really soon um, for this new podcast, the Entrepreneur Action Plan. And this is going to be a ton of interviews with experts and millionaires and all kind of stuff like that. So this will be my fifth time launching this. Like, I've mm. launched it before and it's failed multiple times. Mm. But I'm going back to it again because I know that the intuition in me is telling me, go and do this because this is, it's not about me. It's about impacting the world on a larger level, mm-hmm. you know, and mainly because entrepreneurs right now are stuck in this space of self-development, but not action development. Self-development meaning, oh, well, I'm going to read these books. I'm going to watch this on YouTube. I'm going to go to this event. 
but never really taking any action. Never. Like, like I read a ton of books all day, but I don't really get anything done. But hey, look, I read all these books. It's like nobody cares. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> right? Nobody cares, and you probably not even gonna remember that all that information that you read anyway. Man, I'm not, I think that anytime I see somebody say I read this book in a day, it's like, how much of that did you really remember? Like, yeah. I, I think we should slow down and say, okay, I'm going to read one book a month, right? Mm-hmm. Because then I can really consume Retain, yep. what's in that book. So that's one of the things we'll be covering in there, you know, like having a book in a month kind of challenge every month where we're covering one book. As an entrepreneur, you don't need to read 10 books. And mm. honestly, let's be real. The information is going to make you six figures, a million dollars. Some of it is in a book, but most of it has to be taught by somebody else that has done it. That's done it. Like somebody else that's made a million is the person that's going to teach you how to make a million. If you don't want to invest in yourself at that level, then you, and I'm a coach myself and I still pay coaches. I spend thousands a month on coaching, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, that's what's going to help you reach a new level. Yep. So you got to be willing to invest in yourself, man. It's just... As entrepreneurs, if you don't understand it, it's going to be really hard right. to reach Oh, really hard. Mm-hmm. Really hard. And I, and I got two things I want to speak on what you were saying, saying, what you just said. At the end of the day, what I feel like people that want to be entrepreneurs or be business people, they got to remember is at the end of the day, it's all about action. So no matter how many motivational videos you watch, how many books you read, at the end of the day, if you're not acting on whatever you learn, you pretty much, you might as well be wasting your, you might as well not be watching any of those videos. And I feel like, I feel like, especially in today's times, like watching all those things is like another form of procrastination because you feel you feel yeah. like you feel accomplished. Like, oh, I learned something new. I did. Then you like, but what did you do with it? What did you do with the information? What did you nothing. build? What structure did you build? What did you start? Like nothing. So it's like, I want people to remember at the end of the day, it's about action, putting action behind whatever you learning and going going hard on it. And, and another thing I want to ask you about. That I love what you just said. When you said how you was just launching a new membership, and this is the fifth time. You said it, it failed five times, and that's so like to me. That's dope. And some people might be here like, "What do you mean it's dope that he failed?" It's not. I'm not. That's not. <laughs> I'm saying it's dope that you that you keep going and you relaunching it. You like you finding different ways to maneuver it. And what I want to ask you is. What gives you that, like, I feel like I know what you're going to say, but what gives you that mindset? What gives you that confidence and mentality to keep relaunching it? Because so many people will be embarrassed, fail one time, and they're like, oh, I ain't it's doing this over. no more. It's over. I'm, I'm good. I'll be, I'm good. Honest. I'll be honest. Part of it is it's, it, it was an embarrassing moment because it's like I brought this to Twitter. I brought this to the timeline <laughs> multiple times. And, you know, on Twitter, it's this fake persona everybody got that I don't fail or always mm-hmm. make money and every month is a good month. <laughs> Can we stop fronting? Mm-hmm. Yes, I failed at this multiple times. And the main reason why I want to keep going with this is because I know it's a calling within me to do it. I know it's part of my purpose in life to help my people. And I know mm-hmm. money is going to come from all that stuff. Right. But it's like the reason I'm here is to do something like this. Like I know why I exist. You know what I mean? So that's what's pushed me to go back to it. I just had to fail to learn how to do it the right way. You know? Um, And then I think I'm not really, personally, I'm not afraid to say, hey, look, I failed at this. Mm. It did not go well. You know, like, and it's some people who will tell you, man, they was getting charged and they wouldn't get content. Some people weren't receiving emails. I had a bunch of refunds, all of it. I'll be honest. Yes, it did not go well. I might still owe some people some money that I don't know about. (laughs) I will be 100% honest about that. But I think we have to get past this idea that everybody is perfect. 
you know, and that as entrepreneurs, we get it right every time. And that's really why I don't really, I don't subscribe to a lot of the thought processes on Twitter, you know, and just in entrepreneur world in general, especially on Instagram with the pictures, because people will show you this life that looks glamorous, but in reality, their life is hard. They ain't living like that. (laughs) And I just think, I I think it's my responsibility, to be honest, like, look, I failed over and over and over. I've been trying to do this for years, and that's going to make the ending story even better. You know, when it's a million dollar company and people are like, wow, how did you build this? And I'm like, look, man, I tried 19 times. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one time it went through and it just exploded, you know, so I I have faith that it's going to work out. And that's man, that's like that's so that's so powerful for real. People might even not understand how powerful that is being willing to lose like that. Because like I like I, I always say, I say being vulnerable enough to take a L is what gets you to the W. Like you have to you, you have to open yourself up to lose to win. You can't be closed off and not put yourself in position to ever lose because you never gonna win. Yeah. Never. You get like it's a it's a tool you 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 have to it's just something you have to do. You gotta experience people. it. You, and that's something these books and courses ain't gonna teach you. You gotta go through that yourself. Yeah. Everybody's situation is different. Yeah. You gotta go you gotta yeah. go through it. Go through it, it go through it. You have to you have to and I think a lot of reasons why people really can't generate revenue they want is because they're scared to fail. Scared. They're scared to put this product out there and and another thing is, I think people are overwhelmed. They think that the courses are like known by the world, <laughs> right? Like if if you really take a step out of that little world of Twitter and you look at the outside world, people have no idea what you're talking about. Like mm. when it comes to online courses specifically, like my family still doesn't understand what I do. They just don't get it. Like, <laughs> I've been doing it for five years. And they still don't get it. So. Really, if you're even thinking about creating your own course, you're already ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. You know, you're already ahead of it. And we have to get past, let go of that emotion of worry and panic and the emotions of lack. You got to let that go because whatever you want in life is going to come to you. You already have it. You just got to be in the right space to receive it. You know, mm-hmm. you're yeah. stopping yourself when you worry and, you, oh, my God, am I going to make this much money? Are this many people going to buy? No, I don't care about that. When I launch on Friday, if two people buy or ten people buy, if a hundred people buy, whatever the result is, I'm satisfied because I did my job. I did my part. I don't worry. Mm. And, I, and another another thing I feel like what gets someone to having that uh, understanding is when they're open, completely honest, and self-aware about who they are. That's when you. That's when you release all fear, and you don't care what somebody think about you if you fail. You don't. You don't care about what any opinions outside of yourself. Like you really don't care because you know who you are. You know what you stand for. You know what you want. You say you. You know your weaknesses, your strength. You completely, a hundred percent true and raw to yourself. You know what I mean. So it's like. You 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 open for whatever. People afraid. Yeah, of it. people. But people are. That's a, that's how crazy people are afraid of being a hundred percent honest with themselves. Like no, like this is not this is not what I'm good at. I'm not going. You know what I mean? And I, I want to give people some action steps on how they can get past that. Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So so one of the main things I did, one of the things I've talked about in books, I've talked about it on Twitter in podcast episodes, is the period of my life when I was homeless. I was homeless. I was living in my car. I had to steal food to eat. I didn't even have a membership to LA Fitness or 24-Hour Fitness for that matter. And I was just sneaking the gym to shower. Like, that's how I survived for six months of my life. Mm. And 
at first, obviously, that's embarrassing. You're like, damn, I don't want to talk about that. Like, that was a horrible time. But then you think about it, like, somebody else out there is experiencing that same thing you are. So what I decided to do, and this is the action step, is tell the story that you're most embarrassed about. I guarantee somebody is going to reach out to you like, man, I went through that same thing not too long ago. And now you can help them get through that same thing. Like, when I told that story on Twitter for, like, the third time, I used pictures and all that showing people, like, this is where I used to park my car at. I would sleep right here to avoid the police. Like, I was in detail. <laughs> some, guy, some girl actually sent me a DM. like, oh, my God, my brother's going through this now. Woo-woo. And we actually connected. I had a conversation with her brother. So, you know, he was in that same situation at the time. Like, we talking while he's in his car. That's the impact you can have on somebody else's life with your story. So being afraid to tell your story, you're really holding yourself back from mm. impacting other people. Mm-hmm. And obviously, when I tell that story, money comes from that. Money finds me because I'm willing to be open and impact the world on a higher level. That It's, it's really going above yourself when you tell your stories. Like, you went through that thing you mm. went through for a reason. For a reason. There's somebody else out there in the world that needs to learn, damn, how, did he, how do I get through this? They can go and look at you as an example, you know. So I think telling your story and and really being open about it is, man, it's really life. It is liberating. You feel good that you can yeah. walk around like everybody knows my story and I don't have anything I'm hiding from the world. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I was home. Okay, what you make a joke about me? I don't care. Like that's <laughs> funny. Like, already, I did it to myself. You can't like you can't ridicule me for that because I already talked about it. You know so. Mm. Try, just try it out, whether you want to on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Tell the story that you're most afraid of telling. I promise it's going to change your life. Mm, that's mm-hmm. powerful, man. And uh, I also want to discuss about discuss your uh, book, Be the Expert. And so just to get, give a like quick summary over like going, what, what, the, what does the book entail? So the book, Be the Expert, really explains how you can be the expert in your industry. Mm. How we talked about niching down and everybody wants to make money online and there are certain pillars that you really need to have. So uh, in content, I think it's podcasting. You should definitely have your own book. Everybody has at least one book in them. One book easily, mm. you know, um, you can produce that for less than a thousand dollars. And it's about how you really get started in those different areas. You know, because the people that are making six figures, these are the things they're doing. Yep. You know, they combine all of these things. They're in speaking engagements and in speaking engagement. They sell their books and sell they sell book. courses yep. or they sell their coaching. Like, and then in one night they make a hundred thousand. Like, like that's the type of level these people are living on from being the expert, you know? Um, and I'm building a much bigger program around that so I can help people reach that level. Um, you know, and I'm bringing other experts in because my area of expertise, my genius zone is podcast, mm. you know? So have somebody else that's going to show you how to write a great book and somebody else that'll show you how to be a great speaker. But the Be the Expert book is where you get started of really, I wanted to open the entrepreneur's mind up to the world around them. It's not just about selling a course or it's not just about, you know, selling a $50 webinar. You can do a lot more than that, man. You can really, really take your life to the next level if you open your eyes up to what's going on out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. And uh, like, so even even like creating book, create creating a book. What would you say to the person? Because I know there are people that feels like, man, I'm not I'm not a great writer. 
You know what I mean? I'm not a good story. Like I'm not a good storyteller. Story storyteller. Like so, how am I supposed to come up with my own book? What would you say to people that say those things? First of all, if you tell yourself something that is true, <laughs> so if you tell yourself I'm not a good writer, then you mm. won't be a good writer. Yep. First, you gotta start telling yourself I'm not a good writer. Start telling yourself I can write. That's first, and then don't overthink it. It's not about writing some long. 50,000 word book it's not that deep you don't have to do that like you can really just go and tell your story and focus on your area of expertise so the same thing you would put in a course you put in a book you know it's the same thing so if I, if I would make a course on how to start a podcast I would write a book on how to start a podcast and mm. I can write a really good book on that because I have different steps that I put into a course on how to launch a show and that's how you really start off with the outline of a book but yeah, that's the first thing you should do too that's another thing is outline a book outline. just outline what you want to cover man that helped me so much man I spent maybe a week outlining like just like chapter and then different sections within the chapter and then different like uh uh different sections within that sections of the chapter mm -hmm. like breaking it all the way down man the more you outline the easier it'll be to write and i think writing a book now is just like a rite of passage you know because it's free you can write a book on microsoft word and add it to amazon right now it doesn't cost you anything like there's mm -hmm. no publishing company you have to go to so if you even get the intuition in your mind saying, man, I should write a book about this, you should write that book. Like, it's something that you don't get that idea inside of you for no for reason. For no reason, right? Yep. It's, it's, it doesn't just pop up. Like, mm -hmm. so if you get that, that's something telling you to write a book. Now, I will say you should reach out and outsource things like editing and cover design just to make your life easier. Mm -hmm. um, but, man, everybody needs to write a book. Everybody should have at least one. Mm. Do you, and you do have a second book, correct? So, Be the Expert is actually the second book. My first okay. book uh, is Major Three Grow to Your Goals, and that is my worst book. Uh, <laughs> it's the first one. It's the first people one. People keep telling me I should take it down. All I don't want to. I like it. You know, I like to just show the flaws, man. Like, look, this is the first book I wrote. I started writing that the day I dropped out of college, and the day I dropped out of college, it's the same day I got evicted from my apartment. And I got my car repo. So I was like, you know what? I'm writing this book. Like, all at the same time, I just started all of it, you know, and it was a rough period, but that's what really changed my life, you know, mm -hmm. just letting go of fear, man. Just stop being afraid of what won't work or how bad things will go. Like, I've gotten so many opportunities just from having that book on Amazon, like, just from that little $5 book. Like, me telling my story of when I was homeless and I used to have to steal food from, like, McDonald's and shit. Like, <laughs> like, like, that changed my life, That's you know? Right. So, man, if you have any intuition to write a book, please do it. Please. Wow, man. And that, that like, like uh, everything you're talking about, it shows, like, how how uh, strong your mindset is and how you, mm -hmm. ha and how you have the, the right mindset with willpower attached to it because you've been through a story like that being homeless for six months like and still like coming coming, coming out of that on top on top of that and doing all the things you're doing that shows your mentality and so it's <laughs> i think it, it's people always ask me how did i get here and i don't know i don't feel like i've really gotten anywhere but i, I do say there are certain things that i do 
daily that really helped me stay in a positive mindset, a healthy mindset. I don't believe in positivity all the time, nonstop. That's not true. Right. But I'll give you three things. One, the first thing I do is I don't complain. Like, if I'm driving and somebody swerve in front of me, I don't complain. I may get upset for a second, but I only allow myself to be upset for... <laughs> you be upset somebody cut you off. Oh, uh, I'm like, huh, huh, <laughs> that's you. He needed that one. Well, I know, yeah. man. And it's like, um, uh, I think when you complain, you allow it to affect your mood, and it changes your state of being. So I don't, I don't complain. I may allow myself to feel those emotions for a second, and then I let it go. No longer than five minutes at the very most, and it has to be something very bad for me to be upset for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what it is. Not complaining really helps me control my state of being. Mm-hmm. And number two, I would say, is what I read. You know, what I consume. You know, I consume really valuable books and information because reading the self-help stuff is basic surface level is, is cool. But when you get to learning how your brain works and how powerful you are and how to meditate, that is when you really can tap into that power within you. And it's easier to stay positive consistently. It's easier mm-hmm. to be the best version of yourself every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and number three, I would say, is really just staying active and really not, I won't say being in the gym six hours a day. You don't have to do that. But just stand and get some sunlight, go for a walk. Something very, very simple as that it can change your life, you know, and out of all those things, little stuff comes into play where it's like, what do you watch on YouTube and what music do you listen to? And when you start to really control the things that you input into your body, what you put out into the world changes as well, man. It's life changing. Right, I then- really like that because we kind of talk about the consumption thing, the things you're consuming on a daily basis that you don't really like. Social, I know you got to be on social media for certain business purposes, but on there, like looking at all the little childish stuff and the stuff, you know, all the random videos and all that. And then from the certain music you listen to, constantly having that message repeated in your head and it just it gets embedded in your brain. And it, you know, starts to mess with your habits and your way of thinking. So I think, you know, people really need to be a lot more conscious of the things they consume on a daily basis. And really understand how it affects you. You know, when you, like, uh, for example, one of the things that I got fed up with is the whole men are trash thing. Like, just just seeing men are trash nonstop, it just got me to a point where I'm like, okay, okay, anybody that tweets it, even if it's a joke, you get blocked. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And what this has done is now on my timeline, I see a lot less BS. I just, I see a lot less of it. Mm -hmm. And even something as small as like reality TV. Some people like, I just watch because it's entertaining. Right. You're still, you're still feeding your mind Mm -hmm. something. Those brain waves are being impacted by what you're watching. So replace that with something else. Like even if it was something like a TED talk or, um, What's even amazing, people don't realize, is a lot of keynote speeches that people pay thousands of dollars to attend are on YouTube. You can watch those. Like, what you consume, man, you really have to watch that. Mm -hmm. And even, like, the music. I just, I don't like some of the music I used to love. I just, I'm not a fan. (laughs) People people don't, I don't think people realize that you, you often imitate what you consume even if it even if it's not a conscious decision because i and that's funny that you brought up reality tv because i remember i used to argue with my female friends like hard 
about watching <laughs> about watching Love and Hip Hop. Like I really oh, used to man. be like going in, and this when I was like nineteen, and they used to always be like, "You need to calm down. It's not that serious. It's just entertainment." But to me, I always understood like, yo, this is not just entertainment. Like this is going into your like your conscious. Like mm-hmm. you like you probably gonna start doing some of these things just because you're seeing it on a consistent basis. Like things, some things are just entertainment, but a lot of times. Most things are just not inter- it's just it's just not entertainment. I don't even believe that's really like a such a, a thing really. Like I don't really believe in saying stuff like this is just That's what they tell you to justify yeah. right, watching right. it. Now yeah. I don't want to see, you know, especially our people on um, reality shows being all negative. This is any BS period. I just I like I can't like <laughs> yeah, now I'm I'm more chill. Like if somebody if somebody like I'm not knocking nobody that do watch it, do your thing. Um, but I know back then when I was younger, I used to really be like, "Yo, what are y'all doing? Like, why are you watching? Like, you see, like they ain't even doing nothing productive. Like, but it is what it is, whatever. But but <laughs> yeah, you you just gotta really watch what you consume, man. And yeah. I would say for entrepreneurs out there, just start reading one good book a month, mm. and not what you've been reading. You know, don't read a book on email marketing. You don't need that. You need to learn more about your soul and your mind, your brain. Start learning about that because when you can be, I I think one of the main things that we really need to start talking about is self-love for men. Like when I started loving myself at a different Mm -hmm. level, it made me a better man for the people in my life. Yep. Like that's, that's something I learned on this journey of like self-awareness is like when you learn how to be a better person for you, for you first, First of all, you'll be more consistent with it, and then you can be a better person for the people that you actually care about. Like, that right there just is blowing my mind every day, just mm. how much I've changed as a person when it went from being about me and what I can learn to make me better. Like, wait, like how can I care about myself more? Like, really care about myself, you know what I mean? Like, man, it's just I think self-care isn't talked about enough when it comes to men, especially black men, because we just allow... Way too much, dog. Way yeah. too much. Yeah, wait, man. I, I I feel you on that hundred percent. Like I'm, a, I'm always, I'm always talking to people about going to a therapist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and people might, people might think I'm crazy or something. But I'm like, yo, it's like, like even though I've never been to one, but I feel, but I feel comfortable talking about like things that I go through, and I know some people are not. So I feel like you should go to a therapist to talk about those things. So I know it could be a very liberating thing to go through, especially like you said, this black man. We go through a lot of things that we feel like we got to be prideful. We got We can't feel certain ways about it. You know what I'm saying? We can't talk can't to people about it. Can't show that emotion. You know what I mean? So it's like, go get that out of your, like, carrying that on is poison. You're going, Man, oh it's going to burst God. eventually. Yeah, it is, it, it is poison. And I think if you want to start, uh, many black men listening to this, the first thing you can start with is meditation. Meditation. Yep. Start with mm-hmm. meditating. Yep. Like, if you, just go on YouTube, go on your phone, find a meditation app, learn. And one of the doctors I've been learning from is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, and that's where I've been learning meditation. And I won't say it's a lot, but it's going to change your life. And I thought it was just going to change me a little bit, but it's really made me do 180. And in business, it's completely different. Like, I make a lot more money now, and I work less. Like, mm. I used to be one of those people, like, you got to work hard, hard work, nonstop, like, 40 <laughs> hours. Like, now it's like I work maybe four or five hours a day, and I make more money than I ever have. Like, I don't really stress or worry about it. So, mm-hmm. 
meditating is where all of that started. Like meditating is what's going to help you be a better man, a better father, son, a better entrepreneur. Yep. Like I, if there's anything you take away from this episode, it has to be to start meditating yeah. first. Start that. And I and I love and I love that. And that, it's it's funny because the people that we bring on the show, like. That's not something that we discuss pre-show, like meditation or yoga. We don't talk about that pre-show. It's usually typically business-related. And then we come on the show and we get to talking or whatever. It's always a common thing. Meditation (laughs) comes up. Meditation comes up. And we we definitely into meditation and and yoga and all those things as well. So when people, when I I see other people say, especially like uh, men, like, I'm like, man, it made me feel good. Because, you know, coming up, like, where I'm from, Chicago, doing meditation and yoga is like, Yo, what the weirdo. fuck? You like you a weirdo, like for real. Like you really a weirdo, like man, dude on some weird shit. Like I don't but so to see like how it's like being more and more valued and accepted in today's times, like especially with men, it's like, man, it's, it's that's so dope to me for real. Yeah, we, we have to really reach a point where it's not we don't dismiss it because it's not the normal thing to do. Right. You know, it's like yeah, it's different, but if you've been doing things this other way your entire life, I just for me myself, I was like, okay, I'm gonna try and meditate for a week. I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try to meditate and release and surrender all of these different emotions and feelings. I'm gonna try this. And I just was envisioning myself in one specific spot with everything that I wanted and Three weeks later, I had every single thing I wanted. Like, like that's how crazy it can be. Like, that's how powerful you are. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine you you think about yourself. I'm gonna have this amount of money. I'm be in this place at this date and time, watching the sun go down. Like, like just imagine. You even know what you're wearing. When you can get that detail, mm-hmm. you can really create your life. And that comes from meditation, man. So, I just, I really, and that's something I'm putting as part of. Um, It'll be a part of the entrepreneur action platform as well is how to meditate, you know, mm-hmm. just how do you meditate? How do you get started? How do you stay consistent? Those little things, man, like I think we should be teaching kids this kind yep. of stuff yeah. instead of all this BS history. Like a lot of stuff they yeah. teach in school is trash, man. Trash. Like, in eighth grade, you done. Right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe six. So yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe before about- that. Cause I don't remember nothing. I don't remember nothing in school. It's the same thing, and I went to college. It's the same thing. If you're not getting, if you're not trying to be a doctor or a lawyer yeah. or something, you're wasting time in college. <laughs> Focus on impacting the world in your own way, and the money is gonna find you. Mm-hmm. Like that's another thing. Oh, you're man. worried about money right now. Stop. 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 Man, man, you preaching out, man. I want, I want to tell y'all something. I was literally, um, my website, I, was, I got a bunch of bills this business owner to pay. And as we've been doing this interview, I looked down at my phone and I made a thousand dollars. I don't even See? know See? how I made it. I just, it just popped up. Like, <laughs> like, you don't worry about it. It's going to find you. Man, you it's going to. Worry. Yo, that's so man. That's you. Pre- like I was just like I was. I was getting my hair cut and I was talking to one of the barbers at the shop and I was telling him how like now I'm at the point like in my life now where it, all I'm worried about is inspiring and impacting people. I'm like I'm not the money. The worrying about the money. I don't. I, I'm not worried about it at all because I know if I continue to do that on a high level, I know the money will just be a part of that. It'll come eventually. Like I like to look at people like uh, Steve. I say like Steve Jobs. The, the impact he made with Apple, he impacted so many lives. And him becoming that super uber, like, billionaire, that was just a part of it. Him, like, 
he he found the problem, the concept. He knew technology was a little was a little hard for a lot of people. And he made a device where it's simple, very simple to use, and everybody used. And that was, the money was just a part of him fi- impacting lives. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the same for most billionaires, honestly. Well, a lot of them they impacted lives, and then the money was just a part of coming. So that's how I look at life now. It's just I want to impact, solve problems, and, and and be inspirational. That's it. I don't worry about. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just getting money, getting money, getting money. Because like you just said, though, when you think like that, the, the it makes the money uh, much more harder to get because you're chasing <laughs> yes. it. You're chasing it. You're running yeah, after it. I hate the term, chase the bag. Yeah. It's like, I don't really need to. Yeah. I don't have to chase it. I'm going to just sit here and, and let it you come know, to you. I, I, used to, I used to really overwork, and I was like a big problem. I would get headaches and stuff. And last year, I actually ended up in the hospital. I had like a brain aneurysm. Wow. So like... I'm in a hospital, like, wait, I'm, wow. something was wrong with me? I was that bad? So then they telling me, you got to slow down. I'm like, dang, how can I slow down? Now, one of the things I do, I kid you not, is I sit and I play the game. I will literally sit and play 2K. It's calming. It's calming, though. That's my way of relaxing. Yeah. If I don't do that, I can, sometimes I can work until 4 in the morning and I won't feel it. And I'll get up at 7 the next day. But it's like, that's so unhealthy. Yeah. And that's what self-love is, is being able to know how you take care of you. Mm-hmm. If your form of self-love is watching the playoffs and mm-hmm. doing push-ups on commercial breaks, then that's your <laughs> self-love. <laughs> and men have to understand that self-love doesn't have to be a bubble bath with candles lit. For <laughs> <laughs> a woman, that's her version of self-love. But for you, it could be. You know, if you want to go and smoke, that could be your version yeah. of self-love. It's Everybody has to have their own version. And I think with it being more popular now, we have to be careful and don't put it in a box for everybody. Like, you have to do it this way or you're not doing it right. Mm. Like, some like some people on Twitter will tell you, if you play video games and you're a soy, it's like, well, you can't call me. I don't care what you think about <laughs> me. Like, <laughs> like, I know mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing in my life. I know what I got, what yeah. I don't got. I mean, I'm, right? you know what I mean? Like, so. I, if I made $1,000 today, why can't I just play that all day if I want to? Like, <laughs> Like, don't I have that luxury? Like, yeah. why do I work hard if I can't enjoy it? He can't it? Like, enjoy what's nothing. The point? <laughs> yeah. so, 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 so many of us, like we even had this talk before. So many of us, we have that some uh like it comes from slavery, really. That working oh. from sun up to sundown thing. Like that's ingrained in us. Like even what Kay was saying, like we think like, oh, if you ain't working all day, you ain't doing nothing. It's like I don't have to do that. <laughs> if I got a set schedule where I'm accomplishing a lot in these amount of hours. I'm free to do whatever I feel like. Okay, this is what I want to do right now. I don't mm-hmm. have to work till I'm tired as hell. Yeah. Can't even walk no more. <laughs> like man, you know what I mean? I don't have. I don't have to. If that, if I don't want to do that, I don't have to. <laughs> you know? What I will say is, with being an entrepreneur, the responsibility comes in where you create that schedule. Yeah, like that's why having a system. Like I know on a Wednesday, my mind is prepared. When I wake up, I know at nine a.m. interviews start and. Unless somebody cancels, I'm not going to be done until 5 p.m. That's my hard work for the day. And mm-hmm. even then, between those, I still have a 30-minute break between every interview. Mm-hmm. Creating those simple little schedules are what makes you be a better entrepreneur and a better person. Because mm-hmm. I can spend time with my family now. I can be a dad now. I can do all of the things I'm supposed to do. You know, And it, it makes life easier to execute when I have, okay, I'm going to work today from... I literally have it set up in my greatness guideline. I'm working today from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and that's it. 
and that'll be it. And I, I go, I make, sometimes I'll make a couple hundred dollars. Sometimes I don't make anything. Sometimes I make thousands. It's like, okay, well, I executed for a day. That's it. That's all I can control. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, when you break your life down into that area, not necessarily have to be watching Beyonce homecoming in the background. <laughs> you get no work done. You're trying to do too much. Turn that off. And when you finish getting your work done, that'll be the reward. Mm. I play the game after I've done my work for the day. That's my reward. Mm-hmm. Right? So now it makes the habit of hard work easier because I know I'm not overworking. I'm only working hard for a certain period of time. And I have a reward waiting for me when right. I finish. That's how you build a new habit. Mm, and, that, and, and that's a great system as well. Mm. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I only got a couple more things before we wrap up real quick. And it's something I want to touch on. And, uh, one thing that you were saying how you want to like get to reading one book per month. And I like it's crazy how I really, really just kind of realized how valuable that is. Because like now, like at the beginning of the year, my goal was to read 50 to 60 books this year. It sounds like this, which is kind of crazy. Like not that I'm really, think, <laughs> not that I'm really thinking about it. Cause that's like, <laughs> that's like five, six books per month. And I'm thinking like, yo, if I read six books per month, honestly, like, am I going to remember? Like it might be a couple <laughs> books. I might forgot that I read. So it's like, <laughs> so now it's, it's like, so now I'm like, in a, I read books like much more slower. Cause I'm really trying to retain the information. So I really like taking my time where I'm reading a book just to be like, okay, okay. I understand this. I understand this. So that's, that's, I'm, I'm super glad that you said that just for people that's listening to, I want them to realize that it's super valuable if you slow down while reading, just to make sure you're retaining the information. Exactly. You, you, I mean, you got to think about it. Why do you read? Do you read to say you read or do you read to learn and actually improve whatever you're reading about? Mm. So when I read about how to market better or something like that, I can't actually be a better marketer yet after reading that book if I don't go and market. So if I'm focused on only reading marketing books for a month straight, what do I have time to go and market? Exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. well, damn, I spent all my time and I'm not working i spent it reading mm-hmm. so um how we'll be doing this is we're going to have an interview with some with these authors and it will be really long in-depth interviews and we're going to cover different sections of the book for the entire month so as you read and hear from the author every single week uh, different parts of the book and they explain things in depth and that makes it easier for you to actually consume the book at a higher level mm-hmm. so when you say you read 12 books last year you actually consumed Damn. 12 books mm-hmm. you didn't just skim through looking at words like you actually learn something from the book and you put it in action in your life and you've been applying it and it's continuously applying yeah. it so that's that and that's 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 real and the last thing i wanted to ask you about because i don't think we, we didn't we didn't get a chance to go over this yet was uh building meaningful relationships what do you think like is the why is it so important what is the keys to building those meaningful impactful relationships I would say the most important thing is providing something of value first. Mm. <laughs> like, Preach. I don't ask. Like, I've been able to interview, like, literally, like, millionaires. It's, it's mm. insane off of just messages, you know, and um, bringing them something first, like, engaging with their content, learning from them. And, you know, if you want to learn from somebody that's above you, you have to do those things first. Mm. Like, it's easy. Like, one of my clients actually got him to connect with an agent of some NFL and, uh, and uh, MLB players. So now he gets to interview, like, professional athletes. That's from engaging and really building a relationship with that expert, you know, that top person. You know, so 
you have to come with some value first, man. Don't just go straight for the ass. Like, oh, I need you to do this. Like, nah, that's yeah. not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, like, even something as simple as being a guest on a podcast. If you want to be a guest on a show, you should not even talk to that host until you've left a review on their show, you shared it on social media and tagged them somewhere. Because me as a host, I'm going to pay more attention to you because now I see that not only do you want to be on my show, but you shared it, you actually listened, you Mm -hmm. provided me with some value. And I I think one of the things I've been having to really work on myself is maintaining relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, like really just checking up on people like, yo, how you doing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like literally just a simple message, an email, phone call, a text like, yo, how you doing? Like, how are you? Like, really, how are you? Not like the surface level, how are you? How is business? It's like, really, how are you? Like, if, and I think that's why being vulnerable is so important because people know they can trust you more with their information when you share yours. Like, you already know my story. You know how bad my situation You, you know it. Like, you, everything that is about me, you, you got it. Like, so they're more willing to share with you. Mm. And when you actually show that you care and you really check up on them, like, like my guy tonight, man, I'm always checking up on my boy, just reaching out like, like, bro, how are you? Like, we, we haven't even met in person yet. We've just been communicating, like, for years now through Twitter. I'm always checking <laughs> on my boy. Like, he posted one day, like, he was going to work out and he needed some, like, new Nikes. And I was working at Nike at the time, so I just went and bought him some shoes and sent it to him. Like, wow. those are the kind of relationships that you need because those things come back to benefit you later on down the road and you really impact somebody else's life on another level. And start off with that value and to maintain, man, just really reach out to people and actually care about them. Hmm. And what you just, all that, what you just said, well, I hope people paying attention because that was some, some super, super game mm-hmm. that I hope it ain't go over nobody's head. But that's, that, <laughs> that was some real, that was definitely some real game. And, and just this whole episode really, at the, like, it was really summing up. It was about increasing value, being more, how to be more valuable, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what this whole interview was about. And like, what you just said is something that I always say too. I'm like, if if you want something, even like if you want something, a relationship or whatever, be valuable first. Because you don't want to be a leech. You don't want to be one of those people. you like, yo, can you do this for me? You do this for me? But yeah. you're not returning anything. And I'm not even talking about just monetary value. Just be a person of value. And if you don't know how to do that, I mean, I'll, I'll be like, I don't even know what to tell you. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I got something for that, too. If you don't feel like you're a person of value, then you have to find out what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Like, find out. Like, for me, when I was younger, I played, man, I played, like, eight sports. I know how to play, like, five instruments. I did everything. I was on the basketball team and in a band. I just tried everything. <laughs> I want to find out what I'm good at, you mm-hmm. know? And that's how you can find out where you're most valuable. And it's really called the genius zone. You know, mm. um, my guy Jeff told me about that. It's like, where are you your best at? Like, out of all the things you do in your life, where are you your best? Like, yeah, you could know a little bit about investing and a little bit about even marketing, a little bit about real estate. But what is something that if somebody asks you about, you could talk about it for an entire hour without stopping? Mm. That's your genius zone. That's where you're valuable, you know, and then you can go and share your expertise in that area. And if you don't feel like you have one of those areas, then that's when you need to start developing yourself. You got to start putting energy into less energy. This this is the thing. If you don't have an area of expertise or something that you feel like you're an expert in, you don't feel valuable, I can guarantee you that you waste a lot of your time. I can't. (laughs) I know 
you waste a, a majority of your time. Whether you are a student, whether you are an employee somewhere, you waste a lot of your time. So take a lot of your free time and put that into learning more, consuming more valuable information. Really develop yourself. You know, if you don't feel valuable, you got to develop yourself. Work on you. Yep. That's that's how you get started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Work on you, man. So much good. I, 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 I love that, man. And before, but before uh, we get uh, wrap up, I want you to um, let the people know, like, where could they get in touch with you, or uh, hear the podcast, or just take one of your courses, find your book, whatever it is. Like, where could they get all these things? Man, I'm, I'm a real personal guy, man. If you want to have a conversation, you want to find me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram at the Coach Chris underscore, um, and I have a ton of information on podcasting. But like I said, on June first. The Entrepreneur Action Plan membership will be launching, mm-hmm. but the Entrepreneur Action Plan podcast will actually be starting in a few weeks. Just follow me on Twitter so you keep up with that. I got some other secret information that I'll be giving out pretty soon. So you got to follow me on Twitter for, for that, at the Coach Chris underscore. Yeah, the Coach Chris underscore. Mm-hmm. There, you, there you have it, guys. So like, like uh, before before we let you go, bro, I just want to let you know that we definitely appreciate you coming on, mm-hmm. man. Take a time. I know you a uh, busy man. got a lot going on. And we definitely appreciate you coming on our show, giving these gems, man. And if there's anything that you uh, need from us or anything, whatever it is, man, feel free to hit me up whenever, bro. Like, oh, I, yeah, I, I definitely plan on having y'all uh, and the platform to educate people on uh, real estate. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. That, that's something that I want to make it a part of that entrepreneur area, you know, so people can learn a little more. And just something that's beginners, and I want y'all to really do an action class. Well, we'll talk a little more. <laughs> about yeah, hey, say no, say no more, man. Let's do it. It's already done, bro. Just let me know, man. Like I said, hit me up whenever, bro. I'm going to be keeping in touch with you as well, bro. I, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, I sir. Definitely. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was another episode of the Millionaire Mindset Podcast with Coach Chris. He dropped a lot of valuable game. It's another episode with a lot of gems that you guys can take from it and apply it to your life. I hope you apply it to your life because I'm definitely going to be applying it to mine. And uh, before we wrap up, for those who don't know, you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C. Miller, Snapchat, Xavier Miller 312, Facebook, Xavier Miller. And uh, she's going to give you her information so you guys could. And you can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent. Uh, Twitter is Deanna S. Kent and Facebook is Deanna Kent. Um, and if you haven't already, you could subscribe to the Millionaire Mindsets Daily Tech subscription by texting 81010, by sending at to 81010. Again, that is at the sign um, mindsets 81010. And if you haven't already, feel free um, to like, subscribe, rate, review our podcast for us, show us some love. We would definitely appreciate why you, that. Why are you going to be a laugh, man? What's wrong? <laughs> I ain't laughing. But yeah, yeah, but that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, see, you, see you all next episode. Appreciate y'all for listening. Peace. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next till I'm on the way. You ain't take a risk because you're too afraid. I'm going to just eat till I'm overweight. On the way. Oh, a lot of shit on the way. On the way.